Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us that God is all about using those who will be used. Moses said to God, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Who made the mouth? Who made the ear? <laughs> he still doesn't get it. Success was not in what he said or how he said it. It was in saying what God would tell him to say. That's it. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. As God glorifies Himself, He makes people know that He is God. And in the case of the ten plagues on Egypt, Israel is made to know it by the performance of His promises to them, and the Egyptians by the pouring out of His wrath upon them. Pastor Xavier wades into the first plague with a simple truth study titled, The Nile Turns to Blood continuing our series in the book of Exodus with chapters 6 and 7 today. The first meeting of Moses and Aaron had with Pharaoh was a bit disappointing for the two brothers, but not for God. (laughs) Failure is necessary in life, lest we trust in ourselves instead of God, and then we have no patience with people. Yahweh would begin his judgments against the gods of Egypt now which would climax in the killing of the firstborn of Egypt. So what we want to do is look at the second time God sent Moses and Aaron before Pharaoh. Let me read here in uh, 6.28. It says, And it came to pass on the day that the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the Lord, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lip, and how shall Pharaoh heed me? And so the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of the land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not Heed to you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgment. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And then Moses and Aaron did so just as the Lord commanded, so they did. And Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron was 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. And then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it become a serpent. And so Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down the rod before Pharaoh and before the servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men, the astrologers, or the soothsayers, sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt... They also did in like manner, like with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod uh, swallowed up their rods, and uh, Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and it did not heed them, as the Lord had said. And so the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning. 
when he goes um, out by the water, and you shall stand by the river bank to meet him. And the rod which was turned to the serpent you shall take in your hand. And you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. But indeed, until now, you would not hear. Thus saith the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die. The river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe and drink the water of the river. And then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch it out over the rivers of Egypt, over the streams, over the rivers, the ponds, over their pools and waters, and they may become blood. And they shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both buckets, wood, and pitchers of stone. And Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded. So he lifted up the rod, struck the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. The fish that were in the river died. The river stank. The Egyptians could not drink the water of the river, so they, there was blood throughout the land of Egypt. Then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them, as the Lord had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house, neither was his heart moved by this. And so all the Egyptians dug all around the river for water to drink, because they could not drink the water of the river. We want to look at the second time as God sends Moses uh, and Aaron before Pharaoh. It's revealed by the following. First of all, we have the commission of Moses and Aaron to confront Pharaoh in verses 28 of chapter 6 all the way to chapter 7, verse 7. Then secondly, we have the certification of Moses and Aaron's divine credentials that we have in chapter 7, verse 8 through 13. And then thirdly, 14 to 24 of chapter 7, the proclamation of the first judgment by Moses and Aaron that is given here. Hard hearts. God resists the proud. Remember that always. <laughs> uh, he's, he's cracked many hard nuts. Uh, he, he's not intimidated by it. And so here's the commission of, of Moses and Aaron to confront Pharaoh. Look at verse 28 through 30. We have the objection of Moses to God. Moses just can't get over this thing. God had to get Moses back on track from the defeat attitude that he had so that the Lord spoke to Moses here in the land of Egypt in verse 28. The seeming failure in the mind of Moses had caused him to complain against God as we saw in chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, even blaming God, man, your, your, your strategy has been wrong and we are getting in trouble because I speak of your name and, you know, you got it all wrong, having delivered the people. And there the Lord assured Moses in chapter 6, verse 1, that now he would see what he would do to Pharaoh. So that he would not only let them go, but he would drive them out of Egypt. The whole thing was, Moses, you're not the deliverer. You're only the instrument. This is the problem that men have all the time. God commanded Moses again to go to Pharaoh. God reminded Moses that he was the Lord. There it is again. I am the Lord, Yahweh. If I keep that in mind all the time, every day of my life, I'm okay. If I start thinking I'm the Lord, <laughs> then I start having problems. 
And so God told Moses to speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that he would tell him. Here's the key again, real simple. I only do and obey what God's word tells me. You understand? Not what people lay on me, but what God's word says. This is the same command given previously in chapter 6, verse 10 through 11. Not a new one. He gave the command, and there was a genealogy to tie Moses into the Levitical uh, priesthood there. And then he returns to the command. It's the same one. Look at verse 30. God is once again told by Moses of his inability to be effective before Pharaoh. The objection to Moses was, uh, was stated, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lip, and how shall Pharaoh heed to me? Remember, he said earlier, you know, if the Jews don't listen to me, what's, how much more to him? He's got his eye on himself. I don't think he stuttered. <laughs> but, but he's got this, this whole hang-up. He still doesn't get it. Success was not in what he said or how he said it. It was in saying what God would tell him to say. That's it. That's all. Notice the initial call of Moses presented many objections. In chapter 3, verse 11, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Remember that? And then in 3.13, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they say to me, What's his name? What shall I tell him? And then in chapter 4, verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Yahweh, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Who made the mouth? Who made the ear? <laughs> All these excuses mean nothing. Listen to me. You can be the most stuttering person. You can be a person that has no abilities. And if God wanted to use you, it would have no problems. It would be no hardship for him. He used Balaam's jackass. I presume we qualify. (laughs) The solution is declared by God in verse 1 through 5. In verse 1, God gave the distinct function of Moses and Aaron. And here's the solution. Don't miss it. Verse 1, the Lord Yahweh said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. The indication is that Moses would be speaking for Yahweh with full authority from heaven. And the Lord also said, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet, the spokesman for Moses. Here you have the definition of a prophet given. One who speaks for God, the mouthpiece of God to call people to repentance, to call them back to God. That's a prophet. A priest goes between God and man to intercede. And here you have the functions. Don't miss it. There's a solution. Just do what God has called you to do and be. Moses, you're this position. Aaron, you've got this position. Real simple. God gave the chain of command for Moses and Aaron. Verse 2. God would speak to Moses. You shall speak all that I command you. The pronoun you is emphatic. You, Moses. This is your position. And Moses would speak the words to Aaron. And Aaron, your brother, shall speak to Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of the land. As long as I do only what God has called me, God's called me to be a pastor teacher, nothing else. I'm not an evangelist. I do the work of evangelist, but I'm a pastor teacher. I stick to my gifts. I stick to my calling. And my gifts 
are not for me. They're for you. I grow. I learn. But they're mainly for you. My gift is for you. Your gift is for me and others. Not for yourself. The devastation would be by God. Verse 3 to 5. God would bring progressive judgment against Egypt. God would respect the rebellious heart of Pharaoh. Listen, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, the word harden here is a word that means to be difficult, obstinate, severe and fierce, unresponsive. And this is the only time it appears. There's other two words that are going to be used that are different. When it says, and Pharaoh hardened his heart, that was his doing. And when it says, and the Lord hardened his heart, God just reaffirmed and strengthened him in that position. Two different Greek, uh, Hebrew words. Notice God would, as a result, bring about his judgment and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. So he's already stiffened his heart against God. God has honored it. It only brings forth further judgment, right? It's harder to trust God and to yield to God next time. Look at verse 4. God warned Moses that Pharaoh would get progressively rebellious. I'm so glad God tells us the end before it happens. <laughs> he tells us what's going to happen before it happens. So when it happens, we say, praise God. You know? Half of the solution is knowing what's going to happen, right? And you have a Bible that tells you what's going to happen. So you have control of everything. You understand what's going on. That's a great advantage. Notice the statement of Pharaoh's rebelliousness. But Pharaoh will not heed you. Now God knows this. God has foreknowledge. Foreknowledge means he knows everything. He can't learn anything. He knows it before it happens. He doesn't respond to how people are going to say, well, he'll do this and I'll do this. He doesn't play chess. So people want to fault God. Don't fault God for having foreknowledge. He just has it. Can't help it. He's God. And so he tells what's going to happen. But God is not forcing Pharaoh to be rebellious. Otherwise, if God forces someone to reject his word or to do evil, and then he turns around and judges them, he can't be good. He can't be holy. He can't be just, right? So here's the key. Don't ever miss it. Old or New Testament, you always have a free will. You are never forced to do evil. The statement of Israel's redemption by judgment comes. Listen, verse 4 there. So that I may lay my hand on the Egyptians and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgment. So he's telling them. He's warning. This is the same command previously given in chapter 6, verse 13. The words of God are followed by the deeds of God. Always remember that. God says he's going to do something, and then he does it. Now notice God would accomplish his purpose regarding the Egyptians in verse 5. They would no longer be in the dark as to who Yahweh was. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. This is a repeated phrase over and over again. Not who Moses or Aaron were. They would come to know through his judgment. He says, when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them, there would be ten plagues or judgments, judging the gods of the Egyptians. All of these plagues, they were gods who they worshipped. God was going to show they were no gods at all. Notice when you come to verse 6 and 7 of chapter 7 there, God was obeyed by Moses and Aaron. The summary statement is given in verse 6 as it already happened, but it hasn't happened. This confuses people. That's just the way the Hebrew mind works. This is an Eastern book, okay? 
The summary statement is given prior to the event. Then Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord God commanded. So they did. And then in verse 7, the season and age of the servants of God is stated. And Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke before Pharaoh. Two old guys. I guess they were in the third stage, the banana stage. You have the, the green, the yellow, and the spotted. I guess you, they couldn't be used until they got spotted. Just before they made pudding out of them. <laughs> You're never too old, ladies and gentlemen. You're looking for retirement from your job? That's okay. But not from the Lord. You remember Peter failed the Lord three times, denying him. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to him and recommissioned him so that he would not trust himself but the Lord. And Jesus told Peter about his death when his old, in his old age, they would lead him where he did not want to go. And as he said that, Peter looks to John and he said to Jesus, but Lord... What about this man speaking about John? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. In other words, don't worry about what John's going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a simple principle. Don't compare yourself to anybody. You do what God has called you to be. If you're a hand, then do only the work of a hand. If you're a finger, be a finger. And it'll all work out in the kingdom of God. You understand? And after that, it says, and a saying went out that John was never going to die. Peter spread the gossip. <laughs> Jesus didn't say he was never going to die. He says, what, what's it to you? It's none of your business. This is the, the, the error in human nature. Take your gifts, take your calling, your commission, and be faithful to the end. We must always remember that if God calls us, he will also enable us to do what he has directed us to do. The excuses that I cannot do it when God has called me is a contradiction to him and his call. He calls, he enables. The objections merely reveal that I'm trusted in myself, not in God. Or sometimes I just want compliments. Oh, no, but you're... no, no. no. <laughs> it's interesting. Second Corinthians 3, 4, and 5, Paul says, And we have such trust through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Ladies and gentlemen, this principle is basic, it's simple, and it must be repeated every day of your life. We are privileged to have the Word of God. The Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ to enable us to do what God has called us to do. All working on behalf of the entire body. All working, yielding to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. All of us being diligent to exercise the gifts to edify the body in love. All of us esteeming others better than ourselves. All submitting to one another in the fear of God in the proper order and chain of command according to the scriptures and the church order so that the work can be efficient. It's real simple. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter 4.10. As each one has received a gift, at least one gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As I told you, my gift is for you. It's for your benefit. I teach the word of God. That's what God has called me to do. 
And if you start complaining what God has called you to do, then, then, then you're doing something he hasn't called you to do. And so pastors are all caught up with the burnout, burnout. That's sociological, psychological. I don't read Moses was burned out. Nobody's burned out. His yoke is easy. His burden's light. If he calls you, he enables you. How about lasting now? By walking in the Spirit. By doing only what God calls you to do, not what other people want you to do, not what you think you should do, but what God has called you to do. We serve the Lord that people might come to know the Lord. That's the whole goal. Some will come to know the Lord as Lord and Savior, and it's a joy when that happens. Others will hear the gospel, reject it, only fall under the judgment of God. It is a choice. That's why the book of Revelation closes in Revelation twenty-two seventeen. It says, "In the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the waters of life freely. It says, Whosoever. Whoever repents can be saved. The commission of Moses and Aaron to confront Pharaoh was by God's word. Always remember that. Notice secondly, the certification of Moses and Aaron's divine credentials is given in verse 8 to 13. In verse 8, God revealed to Moses and Aaron what Pharaoh was going to ask them. The consistent phrase, the Lord Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron indicates that they were getting their instructions directly from God in heaven. Ezekiel, we've seen that Isaiah, Jeremiah, over and over again. This wasn't their own words or imagination. This was God himself involved in the affairs of Egypt. The Pharaoh would ask for a demonstration of their miraculous power. He says, when Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show a miracle to yourself. Again, God having foreknowledge knows everything. Then Moses was to say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. This was one of the three signs God gave to them in chapter 4, verse 3 through 9. The rod was first for the serpent, then the leprosy of his hand, and then the blood for the water. Those were the first three signs. Now notice in verse 10, God's servants obeyed their commission, their learning. The summary statement is given again prior to the event. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did so just as the Lord commanded. And then the single miracle is recorded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, before his servants, and it became a serpent. Now, the duplication of the first miracle signed by the sorcerers of Pharaoh then comes in verse 11 through 13. Notice in verse 11, the confidence of Pharaoh challenged God's power. This is a power encounter, ladies and gentlemen, as much as Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Some of the commentators will tell you, well, these guys were snake charmers and they're magicians and all that. Listen, the whole context is God's power and satanic power. You understand? You can only get power from one of two areas, God or Satan. The term wise men means educated and cunning, crafty in spiritual arts, dark side. The term sorcerer means to practice witchcraft, dealing with spells, omens, divining, astrologers, the occult arts. The term magicians means engravers or writers in the sense of education of the occultic wisdom. And so Pharaoh's wise men, notice in verse 11 at the end there, and sorcerers also did in like manner with their enchantments. They were able to replicate here the same miracle through the power of Satan. We're going to see that they're going to be able to do it one more time. 
and then God puts close to it. God is in control. Pastor Xavier Reese, using Pharaoh's magicians to remind us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this age, but that we serve the one who always prevails, Jesus Christ. And there's much more of this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply, The Nile Turned to Blood. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. So once again, the title to ask for is, The Nile Turned to Blood. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com